You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your hearts and minds, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysfromthecouch.com, and um, I'm I'm not going to be doing Fan Sunday today. Um, for those of you who follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews, um, we are going to do that tomorrow. I think the plan is to record that early tomorrow and talk about Troy Tulowitzki's retirement and the Blue Jays series against the Rays, because there are things to talk about there. But obviously, this has been a busy day in Blue Jays land. And admittedly, I was out for a lot of it. Um, I was playing in a softball tournament this weekend. Um, suffice to say, we did not do well. We did not end up playing today. Um, I did all right. I, I played, well, I hit pretty well. I went five for seven with a triple. That's like the first triple I've hit in years. So I was pretty stoked about that. But, um, it was, it was a very busy day today. And not just because I spent a lot of it putting aloe on my knees because I got sunburned there. Um, the Blue Jays started making a few transactions today. And obviously it was a big loss for a lot of Blue Jays fans today when they saw the news that one of their beloved Toronto team members had been sent packing. And I know, like many of you, I will remember where I was when I first heard that Eric Sogard had been traded to Tampa Bay. Such such words cannot describe how I felt upon hearing that. No, I'm 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 kidding. We we will um we will talk about Sogard. And we will talk about who's coming up to replace Sogard. Um a little later, but obviously the big news, the reason why we are doing this podcast right now is because after what feels like years of speculation and rumors and interviews in the press that were just kind of like Cold War factions going at one another, it finally happened. Marcus Stroman is no longer a Blue Jay. He has officially been dealt to New York. And I know many, many people did not want to see him go back to New York because how how much did we hear that the Yankees were circling on Stroman, that the Yankees had Stroman locked in their sights. I think that courtship pretty much ended when the Blue Jays asked for Glaber Torres back, which I will give them credit. 
I I would have asked for that too. I would have I would have made the Yankees pay through the nose, especially after the Jay Happ deal last year. But no, um, the Blue Jays end up sending Stroman not to the Yankees but to the Mets, and I've gone through the the five stages of of grief since since hearing that news i can pretty much describe it as i've gone through so uh first there was denial because what the heck are the mets doing they're like 11 games out of the division lead six games out of a wild card behind like every other team in the national league that isn't named miami and they don't really seem to have a purpose for trading for starting pitching, especially when they're expected to trade Noah Syndergaard in the next three days. So they they weren't even on the radar. I was I was working on a a Stroman piece, just trying to go through all the places he could land. I had like six other teams that were on there that were getting treatments, and the Mets were not one of them just seemed to be so far off what you would expect the Blue Jays to do, especially when you hear, again, they're asking for Glaber Torres. They want a Chris Archer-like package. And it didn't happen. And when the Mets were named as the team that Marcus Stroman was going to, like, again, it, it was, it was just, it couldn't, it couldn't be the Mets. Then you moved into anger. And for me, anger hit early when I looked through the Mets uh, top 30 prospects and was not very pleased. I mean, Again, we've been hearing like the Twins could give up uh, Brewster Gratterall. Uh, the Atlanta could give up like Ian Anderson or Bryce Wilson or both. So there were a lot more palatable options there. But the Mets, they had three top 100 prospects. None of them were, were pitchers. They were all like left side infielders, which the Blue Jays have plenty of. So none of them were going to be in this deal. And you just think, how could the Blue Jays make a deal like this? How could they possibly not get a top 100 prospect for a pitcher who's been as dominant as Marcus Stroman is? And looking at Blue Jays Twitter, a lot of people are still in the anger phase and are staying good and comfy in the anger phase because... If I've seen hate directed at this front office for a good period of time. The Marcus Stroman deal was always going to be your make or break deal for a lot of Blue Jays fans. And a lot of people broke on this deal. Like, again, they come to the same conclusions like, how could you deal with the Mets? They just traded their top prospects to get Edwin Diaz and are now trying to trade Edwin Diaz. So a lot of people were angry. I was angry. I'm not going to lie. Like 
Again, I'm like, how, how can this actually work? Then we moved into stage three, bargaining. Bargaining essentially turned into maybe Pete Alonso is in this deal. Then it'll be all right. <laughs> and I know it was never going to happen. Pete Alonso is a home run derby champion. He's a building block for the Mets. He was never going to be included. But then maybe Dominic Smith was included instead. And while a package of Dominic Smith and then to the the two top pitching prospects that were available to be traded, um, that would be Anthony Kay, aka Tony Buckets, which that that's that's a solid that's a solid Twitter handle there, Tony. So look forward to using that in the future. And Simeon Woods Richardson, who I'm just calling SWR because that just makes sense with hyphenated names on this team. So you you kind of talk yourself into like, okay, I can see that package kind of working. They can plug Dom Smith in. He's a lefty bat. He's getting much better with his average this year. He can be a productive part of that lineup, give some protection for Vlad Jr. You kind of talk yourself into it. But then comes depression when it's clear there is no Dominic Smith in this deal. It is just Anthony Kay and Simeon Woods Richardson. And that's all you're getting for Marcus Stroman. And you're just like, how? How can this be? You look at Anthony Kay's AAA stats and he has like a six, uh, I think it's 661 when I checked earlier. Um, Mark at AAA this season and a 325 opposing batting average, which is not good on the surface. It, it's it's pretty bad on the surface. Let's just not get that twisted. And then you look at, at SWR, who is an 18-year-old kid and is estimated to be ready to even be considered in the major leagues in 2022. And you're just like, the Blue Jays are going to be bad for a while. They're going to keep making deals like this and it's not going to be good. There is no joy on the horizon. And you just kind of work yourself into that, into that. And that's where I think the majority of Blue Jays fans who aren't in anger right now, they're settling in for depression. I, I think for a lot of them, if my my couple hours spent on Blue Jays Twitter today has given me any indication of the pulse of the Blue Jays fan base, it's those those two competing stages of grief. And then I started digging a little bit into what the Blue Jays actually got. And I had some help from people who also were digging in and looking at Mets comments boards and Mets Twitter and seeing how ticked off Mets Twitter and Mets comments boards were. They don't think they won this deal either. They think they traded for an overrated starter. They traded a potential ace in Simeon Woods Richardson. And their their top 
level prospect that was that was MLB ready in Anthony K. And you're like, okay, let let's take a moment and assess here. And then you look at a guy like Anthony K and his 661 AAA ERA this season. Um, Anthony K just started pitching pro ball in 2018. Um, he started in single A Columbia, AKA where Tim Tebow started his career. And man, were there a lot of Tim Tebow jokes today, trading Marcus Stroman for Tim Tebow, which come on, that's, that's no, that's not even a funny joke. Like Tim Tebow's baseball career. Um, but you, you look at a guy like Anthony K who was very strong in his college career in Connecticut is able to reach the, the mid nineties with his fastball and has a curveball and, and a changeup that he's able to use in relation to that fastball. And is a guy who can put a spin rate on it, which has become kind of a buzzword amongst, uh, major league pitching coaches. I mean, we've seen the work with that Houston has done with guys like Charlie Morton and Garrett Cole to make them more effective strikeout pitchers is to work on that spin rate. Anthony Kay already has it. And then you look at how quickly he rose again through Columbia, through St. Lucie at Binghamton this year, he had a 149 ERA in 12 starts. That is worth a promotion. And he has struggled at Syracuse, but so has everyone, pretty much. But he's a lefty with stuff that can that can be very effective and at least profiles into a mid-tier starter, um, a mid-rotation type. So a guy you can throw at number three and be confident in, which... For the Blue Jays right now, and and given Anthony Kay could be in that rotation next year, they need people who can be in that rotation next year and start building towards when they want to be good. So as I looked at it, I, I turn around on Anthony Kay. And then, again, the the person who I said could not be a centerpiece of this deal. And when I when I tweeted that earlier today... I did say not, one of them couldn't be the centerpiece. Getting both of them is a bit better. That's a bit more palatable. Like, when I said that, I meant, like, you cannot just build a trade around Anthony K and throw in a couple more uh, prospects. Like, like lower tier, like, like 25, 30 prospects. Getting both of them is all right. Um, Simeon Woods Richardson, again, an 18-year-old drafted in the second round, was talked out of Texas. He has been very slowly brought along. He started 20 games in Columbia this season. He's only pitched 78 in the third innings. They're very slowly building him up because he is 18. And... Because he's only 18, there is a lot of upside with him. And he's already showing a fastball that's sitting in the mid-90s, but able to touch 97. 
and then he has a curveball that looks almost beautiful. I, I tweeted out a video that Ryan DeFrancisco um, found of Simeon Woods Richardson pitching, and it's it's almost Zito-esque, that curveball. And I freaking loved Barry Zito. Like, I would try and trade for him in MVP baseball, like, every time just so I could use that curveball. And he's got a changeup as well. So he's also a three-pitch pitcher right now, but he has a chance to develop more pitches. Again, only 18. Now, granted, a lot can go wrong between now and when you're expecting Simeon Woods-Richardson to be in that Blue Jays rotation. But he is expected to be a, a Marcus Stroman type that can actually strike people out. Which is very good and would be very useful for the Blue Jays to have when they expect to contend. Or even if they don't, if they move ahead of that window, then Simeon Woods Richardson becomes an attractive trade piece. Because when you look at this Blue Jays team now with the acquisitions of Kay and Simeon Woods Richardson, you can actually build a very dangerous pitching rotation just based out of the prospects they have. Like their top five prospects right now are Nate Pearson, Alec Manawa, Anthony Kay, Eric Pardino, Simeon Woods Richardson. Two, four, five, six, and seven, according to MLB.com. If half of them pan out, that's already a great foundation of a rotation. And that's not even factoring in guys like Adam Kloffenstein. That's not factoring in guys who are already getting close, like TJ Zyke, Sean Reed Foley, Ryan Barucki, Kendall Williams is down there too. Like the Blue Jays are now flush with options that, again, if a third, a third of them manage to make it, that's still good. That's still a foundation you can build on and then augment through free agency. So. Yeah, I've reached that acceptance point of the Marcus Stroman deal. And while I will greatly miss Marcus Stroman pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays, because I I loved being able to watch him work because he, he does things that I feel more pitchers should do. Play with timing, play with your, with your arm slot, give different looks, work on that deception. Because that's that's become so important as a pitcher is having that deception and being able to use that to augment your stuff. It it was just a joy to watch him go out there and do that. And I I for one like the emotion that he shows. I love it. I want to see that. I don't want a friggin' robot going out there because you know what happens when a robot breaks down? It hucks a baseball over the center field wall. That's what happens. So, I'm, I've already been talking way too long on, on Marcus Stroman, but we are going to be talking about him a fair bit in the next week or so, I imagine. So, we're going to take a quick break, very late in the show, and when we come back, we'll talk about the other transactions that the Blue Jays made today. So, be right back. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
and we return. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer these pretty quickly because I think there isn't really much to say on them because I think both were necessary and were going to happen. Um, Eric Sogar got traded to the Rays today for two players to be named later. And I did see complaints about that as well, because people got attached to Eric Sogard and people liked Eric Sogard because he wore glasses and hit for contact, which is rare in this league. And he he was a personality and, and people liked his, his underdog story. People also need to realize he's a 33-year-old infielder that signed a minor league deal and is having a career year. The fact that the Blue Jays got multiple assets for him in a trade from a farm system that's pretty good in Tampa Bay is remarkable. Especially, I, I guarantee you, a lot of people who are complaining about Eric Sogar being moved were the same people who complained when he was signed in January and just like uh, Eric Sogard plays for this team then Blue Jays are officially tanking I I legit saw that and I, I brought that up when I was on South of the Six that I, I was seeing that kind of of talk and Eric Sogard played above his head he played above uh, he played above my head he he played above Serge Ibaka's head he was just out of his mind this year so it made sense for the Blue Jays to cash in, not only because, again, they do get a couple of assets from the Rays, and and players to be named later do have the potential to be good. David Ortiz was a player to be named later. Um, Michael Brantley was a player to be named later. Um, the, the Rays got a third-round pick from Pittsburgh in that Chris Archer deal. Uh, Shane Baz, I think, Um so he has the potential to be good. These have the potential to be good. They're not wasted assets. So let's not get that twisted. And secondly, Sogard had to go to make room for the long-awaited promotion of Bo Bichette, a promotion that he was calling for and that many Blue Jays fans were calling for. And they finally got it. And they buried it under the Marcus Stroman trade. But he is here. He is going to be starting for Toronto, likely at shortstop. They're probably going to move Kevin Biggio around because they still want to show off Freddie Galvis in the hopes of moving him before the deadline. But he will be in that lineup, and that will be the hope for the Blue Jays. That will be the palate cleanser after the Stroman deal, is watching that top four of Biggio, Bichette, Guriel and Vlad Guerrero start working together as a unit. And we will see what they can do finally. Bo had a miserable time after the outburst to the media. He was batting like 097 in the last week. So we'll see if he can handle the jump up. He says he's ready for it. Time to start proving it, Bo. So I know you know you're ready for this. So Show it on the field, and let's let's start ch charming some hearts, essentially. So that's my take on that, and that takes us to the end of this special Sunday episode. Uh, just a reminder that if you're not following me on Twitter, you should be, because I'm awesome. You can do so at 
A.J. Andrews. Just replace the periods in my name with underscores because Twitter is stupid. Uh, subscribe to the podcast at Locked on Jays on Twitter, Locked on Blue Jays on Facebook, Locked on Jays on Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast using Stitcher, Himalaya, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review if you like what you're doing. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy when I get to see that. And boost it up because you'd be helping a girl out. So we will be talking tomorrow for sure. And I actually hope to have a special guest on to help me discuss the Marcus Stroman deal among other things. So that is going to be fun. So we'll probably double up the episodes tomorrow because I do want to talk about the race series. And I, 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 there are some things that can be discussed from that. So I think we will do that tomorrow. So until then, for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.